Tony, what up, Tremaine, though? The main man. What's happening, bro? What's going on, man? Happy homecoming <laughs> week. It's homecoming Home week. Homecoming. <laughs> yes, and this homecoming is special because it is the beginning of the resurgence of Morris Brown College. <laughs> man, it's, it, it feels good to say that, man. It does. It does. They had some festivities for what I saw. Um, I guess it's either today or I'm assuming it was today. I saw the president and, and um, a couple other people out there in the yard doing something with the stage. I have no idea mm. what it was. Well, um, this uh, this 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 show is, first of all, welcome back, man. <laughs> welcome. It's been far too long. Far too long. Summertime. Yep. School started, being a grown up, you name yeah, it. Yeah, we we decided to take the summer off because, uh, you know, it's the summertime. Kids are out of school. You got vacations. Yep. You got, you know, stuff that you're trying to do around, you know, the house. You got time on your hands, and so, you know, we just decided to park for a second, regroup, and uh, come up with, um, you know, some show ideas and 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 re up for uh the fall you know once we got back into a regular routine and mm-hmm. and we just started fitting that we tap in this week because this is a this is a special week in our hearts um yeah it Morris is. Brown, our alma mater uh the homecoming is this week and with festivities culminating on saturday on the yard and uh you know unfortunately we weren't able to make it this year so we figured yeah, you know, let's pay tribute, man. Yeah, we we had plans, and it seems like life came and disrupted oh, those man, plans. Uh, so you know, it happens. I'm still in my heart wondering, am I going to sneak there for the day or so? Even though it probably won't happen. But yeah, we'll see. Um, man, it's just. It's just one of those things, man. The summertime was a, a lot of changes happened for me, you know, and my family. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But it's it's all good, man. I'm, you know, we in a good place, and uh, you know, we, you know, we gonna get back to doing what we do and, and getting this podcast up and running again. Get back on track and uh, and just go from there, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I- We've been talking about this particular topic for a while, and what more fitting time would it be for Homecoming Week for us to touch on this very special topic in our hearts? (laughs) (laughs) Morris Brown memories, man. This is the the genesis. So, you know, we I don't know how long this this episode is going to be because we got a lot. We got a lot that we can talk about. Yeah, a whole lot that we can share. And, and initially we said this might end up being two yeah. episodes. We'll see. We'll see how it goes because we're not going to drive each other to be on uh, this podcast until right. midnight. Exactly. Because so. <laughs> that could easily happen, man. Easily. Yeah. Easily. So um, I guess let's start with, you know, how did you end up at Morris Brown? Oh, so my Morris Brown is so funny. Me. And the lovely wife, Danielle, were talking about this about two weeks ago. Um, So 
I was, I graduated from Safa High School. Shout out Blue Jays, even though it's no longer Safa High School. It is it's new, the new collaboration of high schools in Southfield, but that's not about, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not about that oh, at this God. moment. But, um, so, so I graduated, graduated from high school. I was in a situation where I was, torn from a couple of ideas. Well, not a couple of ideas, a couple of situations. So I wanted to go to Tennessee State. Okay. I went to Tennessee State on a black college uh, tour, and it was outstanding. Beautiful campus, and all the women were gorgeous, <laughs> and that's all I thought about. <laughs> that's what it was. I'm, I'm, it, that's what it was. So I was like, all right, Tennessee State, that was my first, second, and third choice. I didn't get in Tennessee State. I was at that time, I was like, man, how did I not get in? So I was pretty messed up about that. So I had a couple of options. Option B was Prairie View. Option C was Wayne State. Prairie View actually mm. accepted me, and so did Wayne State. Now, Prairie View, A&M, shout out. I think yeah. they're the Aggies, I think. They're in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. Okay. When I say the middle of nowhere, I mean the middle of nowhere. And I know that's yeah. not me. I just knew that I wouldn't be able to function in an environment like that where, you know, I'm just, I'm a city guy and I'm okay with that. And at the time I was a city boy and I was all right with that. I wasn't ready to be country. in a, a country and then just school. And I just was like, that's not going to work. All right. So it is what it is. Wayne State, here I come. I actually even started with Wayne State. It was something I was doing in the summer. It was like, orientation or something like that. I don't remember. And I was just going to go with it. But then my mom came in and was like, well, what about the school Morris Brown? I was like, what is a Morris Brown? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Because all I knew about right. was Morehouse. And I thought about applying for Morehouse. I did. I really did. But I didn't want to go to an all boys mm -hmm. school. Right. Um, so that was just my thing. I was like, I don't know if I can really get down in an environment like that. And I just didn't understand. Even though I had visited the school, I didn't understand the dynamic of Morehouse, Spelman, right. and Clark. That even though it's an all-boys school, it's kind of yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's just, it's all boys from a dormitory, dormitory standpoint, right? I mean, realistically, after your freshman, sophomore year, it's like any other, any other college or university. But in my head, all I thought about was, I don't want to be around these hard legs. I just, right. I just don't want to do that. So I didn't really know of Morris Brown. Um, so a mom was like, hey, this school's in Atlanta. You know, it's pretty close to the AUC. You can give it a try. If you don't like it, you can come back home. You can transfer elsewhere. But I think this would be a good opportunity for you because it's not in Detroit. And I know you really don't want to stay here. So I'm like, whatever. It's Atlanta. I'll do it. And this is also, I was also torn because at this time I decided to become, I got mm -hmm. saved. So I really want to take my Christian walks very serious right. at this point. And it's, this is ironic for all my friends because this is summer 1997 where I was just living up that year. I was living up my <laughs> hot boy. <laughs> My senior year, I was absolutely living it up. But then when I got to my summer, you know, I, I got convicted because I was, you know, just the first time the Lord is like, look, I am expecting more of you. And now it's your time to come to me. And I'm looking like, okay, you know, 
I don't want to be a heathen. That's the only thing about it. I don't want to be a heathen. I don't want to go to hell. And I know it's time. My father always poured into me. He always gave me scriptures. He was slipping in my bag. He was slipping in my lunch bag. And, you know, and now the time all the scriptures came into Mm -hmm. fruition. And I just didn't want to live like that anymore. I had about, up until that point, I had about smoke, drank, and (laughs) (laughs) fornicated as much as you could at 18 years old. Let's be honest. I had... (laughs) Run it up, okay? And, I, and at that point, I was like, look, I know this is not, I am going down a path Decadence of, and debauchery. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's not like, this needs to stop. But also, I do feel like it's my time to live for lore, right? No idea what that means. I'm going to go with it. So then, and this is, I didn't even understand that Morris Brown was at AME school. No clue. All I knew, it was Atlanta. I visited Atlanta and liked it. I knew about Freaknik. I knew about So So Deaf. You know what I'm saying? I knew Outcast was there. You know what? Good enough for me. So I went. Um, and it was, I still I remember it like it was yesterday, going up the stairs at Borders Hall and not knowing anybody. And this is like, here I go again. I just dealt with this four years ago. I feel like I just got friends in Southfield and here I am in Atlanta doing it all over again. (laughs) Like what in the world, what's going on here? So I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is weird. This is weird. But this is different because not only am I at a school where I don't know anyone, I'm in a city where I don't know anyone. So this is, this is a lot. And now I'm going to say this last little bit, and I want to hear your story. So then I'm like, you know what? All right, I got a roommate. What's a roommate? <laughs> I ain't never had a roommate. Vaughn. It was Vaughn. I met Vaughn. Shout out Vaughn. Vaughn. Vaughn, was New York. Vaughn was mad cool. He was five foot seven, six, maybe. But he was mad cool. But then I went upstairs, planted some stuff with my, my mom and my stepdad. And then I came downstairs and I was like, God, look at all these people. And I was like, this is different than mm-hmm. Southfield. And here I am, decked out. I'm so Detroit. <laughs> in all Nautica. When I say Nautica, I mean, I got a Nautica. No, dude, when I say Nautica, Ooh. I mean Nautica. I got a Nautica shirt on. I got Nautica shorts on. I got a Nautica t-shirt on. I got Nautica underwear on. I got Nautica socks on. And I'm probably wearing some rock boards. Mm-hmm. Probably wearing some rock for it. And I'm looking like, this don't fly here. I look, I don't, and I, I you know, I don't feel, I, I didn't feel uncomfortable, but I knew I was no longer yeah. in Kansas. You know right. what I mean? At that point. Um, I was like, ain't nobody dressed like this. And you seeing people from all over, you know, you see the people, you know, this is the first time I literally see people wearing the Andre cap yep. on their head, you know, from, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever that is. I see people walking around with it. I'm like, dude, I'm in it. Like, this is black people. Totally different than I've ever seen black people. But then lo and behold, a star shine. I said, wait a minute. I know that guy. I look up. It's Vernon Washington from Ludington <laughs> Middle School. I said, Vernon. Tremaine. I said, I know somebody here. It's Vernon Washington Shout of all people. Shout out to Vernon Washington. And I was like, you know what? That's all right. Because before then, I was probably, I was probably sure, sure enough on my fight or flight. Like, all right, I don't know if I can do this because 
this is something new. But when I saw Vernon, I was like, you know what? I can, I can, I, I, I can make this work somehow, and I'll mm-hmm. go with it. So we're going to stop there. <laughs> I want to hear your story, and then we're going to go from there. So, so, so first of all, uh, when I graduated from high school, shout out to Belleville High School, class of '97. Um, it was a big, it was a pretty big graduating class, and it was like 330 some people in our class and like everybody was, you know, pretty much going to college. More than half the class was going to college, but everybody was either going to Eastern Michigan, University of Michigan or Michigan State. That was it. Like nobody, none of the, none of my friends, nobody I knew was doing anything different than going to one of those three schools. You know, maybe a couple people might have been going, like, to Washtenaw Community College or something like that. But it was just like, okay. So when I started applying for college, um, I decided that I wanted to go to Michigan State because uh, one of my friends, shout out to Lance Bennett, we went to church together. Um, He was going to Michigan State, and we were graduating the same year. And... He and I had agreed that we were going to go to Michigan State and we were going to apply to be roommates. So he was at, uh, he went to Country Day. We both did our applications to Michigan State. Um, and because of the school he came from, like he got in immediately. And I got accepted to Michigan State, but they wanted me to take some prep classes that summer before I started my summer, my freshman year. And I didn't really want to do that. Um, but I was, you know, willing to. And so one day at church, you know, I was talking to, you know, some people and um, my big brother, uh, David Felton, shout out Dave Felton. He pulled me to the side and was like, dog, I know you don't want to go to Michigan State. And I was like, no. Nah. He's like, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to do something different, man. Everybody's I feel like I'm just following the pattern of everybody else. And he was like, you should go to Morris Brown College. And just like you, I was like, what is that? Like, what is a Morris Brown? Like, I, I had never heard of it. And he was like, I went to Morris Brown. You know, David went on a band scholarship and a basketball scholarship. Uh, I think like 92, 93, I think, is when he was there. And, um, man, so... I get there. Um, he he he's he's telling me about the school, and I go back to school. And this girl that I'm in 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 uh in a class with, she was going to this college fair, um that was happening. It was a black college fair had came to Detroit, and she was going. And I asked her. I said, "Hey, um, if you go to this college fair, if Morris Brown College is there, bring me back an application." And she said, "Okay." And sure enough, man, we got back to school on Monday. She was like, here, I bought you application. It's from Morris Brown. And I was like, okay, cool. So I filled the application out, and I sent it off. And that summer, um, like right after graduation, I got my acceptance letter, and they were like, just come. Like, no stipulations. Just come to the, uh, come to, come to the school. And so... Um, I was like, bet. So I'm talking to my mom and dad and I'm prepping them for the fact that, you know, hey, I'm thinking about 
moving out of state. I definitely want to go to school. I got accepted with no issues. So you know what? Let's do this. And so we get to we get to Atlanta. I'd never been to Atlanta. I had never seen the campus before. I didn't get to take a tour or anything. I didn't know what I was walking into. I had no idea what I was walking <laughs> what I was walking into, man. I just flying blind. So um I don't know, man. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. So I'm I'm flying blind, man. We get, you know, and for, for me, this is like a big deal, graduating high school and going to college because I was the first one, literally, um, the first one of the kids to go to college because Janelle decided not to go to college. So when it came time for me to graduate high school, you know, I felt some pressure to go. And so I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um our whole family went. I mean, when I say my whole family, like it was a family, it was literally a family affair. My grandfather came, my aunt and my uncle came. It was a family trip. And um, I remember the drive down to Atlanta from Michigan. And we got to we got to Atlanta at night. It was dark outside when we got there and we had to drive down, you know, 85 going through downtown. And I remember looking at all the buildings and the skyline and the skyscraper, you know, the, the tall buildings. And I was just like, wow, this is where I'm going to be living. Like, to me, it was like literally like, it was like a big city feel. And so we couldn't go to the campus, obviously, because it was nighttime. So the next day, you know, my parents, they took me up to the campus to check me in for, you know, freshman orientation and get me settled into my dorm. You know, I had no idea... I don't know how the, the paperwork got lost about who was going to be my roommate and my room assignment and all that. I didn't know any of that till I got there. So I got it. I walked in the borders and went to the desk and Miss Abington was, she was the, um, she was the dorm director. You remember Miss Abington? She was the resident director. You don't, no. you don't remember Miss Abington? <laughs> when you said Miss Abington, I was like, wait a minute. Man, I don't yes, remember Miss Abington. She was from Detroit. That was the first thing. Miss Abington was from Detroit. <laughs> She was dark skinned. She had short hair. She had like a little flash short haircut. And um, she was, you know, she was like kind of going back and forth between Borders and Cochran. And like she was, she was over housing. And um, so, you know, she was at the desk and I remember meeting her and Chi-Town was at the desk. And, um... He was like, oh, yeah, when they checked in, he looked up my name. He was like, oh, yeah, you, you on my floor. He's like, I'm, I'm the RA. I'm, your, I'm yeah. your RA. And I was like, okay, bet. And I didn't know what an RA was, none of that. He was like, all right, this is your. <laughs> he was like, you know, your room is not, you in room 900. So on the ninth floor, I was like, okay. So, you know, I get upstairs to my room. I don't have a roommate yet. The room is empty or whatever. So I pick, you know, my side of the room and I start, you know, putting my stuff away. And um, Chi-Town kept coming in, and he was like, you know, you from Detroit, you know? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, they call me Chi-Town, obviously, because I'm from Chicago. He's like, but, you know, I'm going to look out for you. As a matter of fact, uh, he was like, you got to, he saw me getting my stuff out, and he was like, you got a phone? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh, well, I got one. I got an extra one that you can have. I'm going to hook you up. So he (laughs) he ran to his room. And, I don't think people understand when you know. Just in case somebody younger 
what is listening to this. He's a not cell talking phone, about right? a cell phone. <laughs> right. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a phone with a cord <laughs> that plugs into yes. the wall. Dial buttons yes. on. Okay, yes. There was, there was such a thing. There was a time. Yes. So yes, that's what he was talking about. Yes. So he gave me the phone and he was like, here you go. So I was like, okay, well, thanks. And man, it just it just to me, I remember just feeling like, what the heck, man? Like I had like just like the same way you felt, like this is different. Like it was you know, first of all, it was culture shock for me because Belleville High School was mixed. It was a lot of white people, but it was, you know, it was it was a lot of black kids too. Um, but to be in some place where everybody's black, you know, the staff, the students, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Like to me, it was it was just it hit different. And man, I was the same way as you, man. I remember right before I did, I did my little school shopping. Before, before I left, <laughs> I got a fresh pair of white rock ports. Before I left and came down, I had a pair of Air Force Ones, all of Detroit required paraphernalia. <laughs> you mm-hmm. had to have it. Very <laughs> so, true. So, yeah, man, we, you know, we got started and, you know, um, it was, it was, uh, it really was, you know, bugging me out. Uh, to be, you know, in this, you know, uh, I think I was in my room for like three or four days by myself. I mean, like a week because I found out that my roommate was an upperclassman. And I don't know how I got paired with an upperclassman mm-hmm. as a roommate, but his name was John Gamble. And uh, that's all I'm going to say um, about Mr. Gamble. Um <clears throat> Yeah, it was just, it was different, man. It, it really was different. So I, I had that room to myself for the entire freshman orientation week. And then, you know, all of a sudden I came into my room and like this dude is sitting on the bed on, on you know, on the far end of the room. And I'm like, yo, who are you? And he introduced himself and I was like, oh, okay. You know, um, and, and John was cool. Um, he was, he was cool. We just, it was just certain things that we didn't, we, we didn't, we didn't have anything in common. I don't think, not really. And so we just didn't mm-hmm. jail. So, um, John was a was, was John a senior? Yeah, oh, he was a junior. Yeah, he was a junior. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. He was a junior at the time. So, you know, I don't and I don't really know a lot about him because we didn't have a lot of conversation in the room. Like for the time that I was in there with him, we didn't have like a lot of conversation. So maybe it's not fair of me to say like I, I really didn't know him and he didn't know me. But um, I knew at you know it wasn't working out as roommates you know for us so right so yeah man um that's how i got there and i loved it (laughs) i I loved every second of it because it was something completely different it was so foreign and so strange and i just was like you know unlike you you know having at least a familiar face there like i didn't have anybody and um I just was like, I'm literally by myself, man. But, you know, um, I was confident enough in myself to say, you know what, I'll make friends. I'm not worried about it. It's just going to take time. I'll get in where I fit in, and, and, and that'll be that. And it was uh, it was during uh, New Student Orientation with Carvel Bennett, man. That's, that's, that's when we met. Do you remember that? So I do, but 
we have to go back because you stopped at a point where okay. I need to pick up. Okay. Because okay? you left off at roommates because my roommate again mm-hmm. was Vaughn. And uh, Vaughn was cool. You know, Vaughn at this time, I really have to paint a picture for people who don't remember. New York was it sure at was. its peak yep. at this moment in black mm-hmm. culture. Like it was, you know, West Coast had died off. Yep. You know, unfortunately, with when Tupac died when I was in high school, nobody really took mm-hmm. over the reins. So what was happening was the South was starting to bubble up. But at the same time, it wasn't to the point where it was the peak of right. our culture. So that's where New York was still supreme at that time. So this was Wu-Tang had just dropped, I think, they Wu-Tang did. Forever. Yep, that double album. Um, they just dropped that album. Then you still had people bumping Biggie's album from the re- year prior, which was um, Life After Death. Then you also had the New York anthem, mm-hmm. Peter Guns. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so New York was at the pinnacle at the, of the time when we get there. And and, so, and and let me say this, along with the pinnacle, like it still hadn't peaked because Jay-Z was just starting to get, that whole Rockefeller thing was just really getting started. So it wasn't, uh-huh. it, was, it hadn't peaked yet at all. So go ahead, continue. That's true. That's true. Because even though um, his album dropped, which was Reasonable his first Doubt. album, Re- Reasonable Doubt, his second album mm-hmm. was coming out, which was, was it Streets is Watching Volume? Which one was that? Streets is Watching, Streets is Watching Volume 1? No, is that it, what was, it was... Um, God, man, don't make me look it up. I got the picture of it in my head. I just can't think of the name of it because that was a song he had with Foxy Brown. I hated that song. where they used the Babyface sample. And Babyface was on that track. Yes, I hated that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the name of that song either, man. But I know it was something volume one. So I say all of that is because Vaughn was a good dude, but New York guys at that moment were very yeah. close knit. Yeah. Right. So he had a guy in his circle that came in <laughs> to our <laughs> into our room. And I had bought my favorite cologne of all time. It was my favorite cologne. It was Versace yes. Blue Jeans. Yes. Loved it. And this was like, Classic. you know what? I've been, I had my eye on it. This was my going to Atlanta cologne. I love cologne mm-hmm. beforehand. And this was the one that I had been waiting for. So I bought it. I loved it. Girl, look at what you got on. And I used to absolutely love my Versace blue jeans. But then one day, this was, this had to be maybe somewhere. It had to be pretty early on in that, that first year. I didn't have no more Versace blue jeans. Wait, 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 let me let me just let me preface this, okay? Because Tremaine's getting ahead of himself for just a second. Because I remember, Did no, I wait, no, you because I remember you calling me and asking me to come down to your room because you wanted to show me something. <laughs> Oh, I did. That's exactly what happened because I just wanted to make sure my eyes didn't deceive me from what I was seeing. So here. wait a minute, wait. I so wait, we have to back up. You're right. You're right. We have to back up. Okay. Put. 
put a pin in that because I'm going to tell you what I saw when I did come down there. Okay. So when you get to Morris Brown and you're a freshman, everybody is, all of us were required to take new student orientation. Okay. Taught yes. by the one and only Mr. Carvel Bennett. It was. Shout, Shout out, out to Carvel Bennett, man. He was the man. Uh, let me tell you, Carvel, I can't think of... I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but go ahead. So, we were in... I remember this. Like, we were in our new student orientation class, and we were on the yard trying to figure out, I guess, we were supposed to be meeting. I don't know what we were doing, but I'm standing there just kind of... I'm where I'm supposed to be, just kind of minding my own business, trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next. And this dude walks up to me, and he says, Hey, man. You from Detroit, ain't you? And yeah, and that was me. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, I am. What up, man?" And you was like, "Okay." And he turned. You turned around and walked off. And I was like, "Okay." So <laughs> I don't know what somebody told me that you were from Detroit. I think it might have been TJ. Yeah. I think TJ was like, "Yeah, man, you need to introduce yourself because." Kevin is from Detroit too. You need to go and introduce yourself to TJ him. TJ was the plug, man. So, Let's yeah. just talk about TJ. Yeah, TJ was, was the plug because Chi-Town, TJ also lived on the ninth floor and Chi-Town introduced me. He's like, you from Detroit, you need to come down here and meet TJ. And not only was, you know, so I'm, I made connections because um, in room 900, in the room next door to me, Alan Francois, who was the SGA president, who graduated from Ipsy High. He was from Michigan, too. So he was like, Chi-Town was like, you got to meet TJ, you got to meet Alan. And I was like, okay. So he took me to TJ's room. I met him, and he was like, oh, you from Detroit? I'm going to look out for you, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, okay. You know, I don't know what that means, but all right. Um, and then he was like, you got to meet Al. And I was like, who's Al? He was like, you know, Fran or they called him Francois. So I met him and, you know, I told him, you know, you know, so that was cool. But um, after that meeting at New Student Orientation, when you came up to me and was like, hey, you from Detroit? And I was like, yeah. And then you walked off. I was like, okay. I really don't remember how I think we kind of started hanging out with groups of people that were hanging out with each other. And we ended up in the same room together at some at some point. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, okay, I've seen that cat before, you know, you know, and, yep. you know, we just kind of had loose, loose conversations. But I remember the night, man, and I remember it like yesterday, the night that I knew that you was going to be my boy. I remember it, man. I was like, this, this dude is all right. I'm, I'm a, I, I got to hang with this cat, with this guy. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Okay. No. <laughs> this this was the night. So so I was in a, um a, I had a class in Jordan Hall. And I don't remember what class it was. Oh, I think yeah. I remember. Yeah, Go ahead. I don't remember what class it was. But um man, there was this girl in my class, man. She was bad. She went to Clark. I don't know how she got in our class, but you know, she had this whole like Pocahontas chili from TLC thing going on. And so, you know, I started kicking it to her and um, she was like, yeah, you know, here's my number, blah, 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 whatever. She lived on, on Clark's campus. 
And she said, you should come to my dorm and hang out one night. And she lived in, for those that go to Clark, you know, there was some dorms that they called the bird cages. You remember those? Okay. Yes. And that's where she lived. And so I don't, I wanted, she was like, yo, come to my dorm. And I was like, bet. So I was supposed to walk over to her dorm one night and kick it with her. But I didn't want to go by myself because I didn't know what I was walking into. And so I was I was trying I to look for somebody to walk with me. <laughs> and I saw you and was like, hey, I said, Tremaine, what you about to do? And you was like, nothing. I was like, man, walk with me to this. I got to go see this girl at Clark. You know, just hang with me for a minute. You was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll come with you. And I just remember, man, like we walked to Clark and the conversation that we had on the way there, on that wall, it was dark outside. We was walking in the dark. And man, I just remember bonding. And I don't remember what the heck we talked about. I can't tell you. But. (laughs) I remember that walk at night, man. When you said you remember, I said no. But then instantly, I remember that walk at night. Yeah. (laughs) I never forget that, man. I I don't know what we talked about. But listen, here's how this is how crazy it is. We got to the girl's dorm. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember going to see her. I don't remember even going in the dorm room. I just remember the conversation we had on the way there and on the way back. And I just remembered like, yo, this dude is all right. You know, it's something about this guy that, yeah, I, I was like, man, you know, he didn't have to come out here and do this with me. And I just appreciated it. And I remember like the next day, we just looked for each other in the calf, and it was like, yep. And it just it just went from there. So <clears throat> that was the moment that I remembered. I was like, this this is my dude right here. And so now <clears throat> we up in it, you know, new student orientation. We get to know each other. We all of this, and then now let's fast forward to. I'm in my room chilling. I get a call in my room. <laughs> And you're like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just up here chilling. He's like, man, come down here. Because weren't you like on the sixth floor or something like that? I was on yes. the sixth floor. And this is where, and I, we need to get up. We'll talk about this next. But I met all the uh-huh. homies on this, was on the sixth floor with me. The sixth floor was life-changing for me. <laughs> but continue. So, so, so I go down to you. I get down to the room. And you're obviously frustrated. You're obviously out of sorts. You're like, man, I can't do this no more with Vaughn, man. I can't do this. I was like, what happened? And you're like, man, look at this. And you held the bottle up, and it was, like, drained. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, look, that was enough to set Mm -hmm. me off. And here's, you got to remember two things. I'm not trying to be the dude I was. When right. I was in Detroit, I'm not trying to even be like that at all. Second of all, I'm at a snake's mm-hmm. den. You know, you know, I'm not in a situation where if I get into some trouble, I don't know who I'm getting exactly. in trouble with. So that's the second. I'm I'm not in my natural surroundings. Thirdly, that wasn't. That was just like I said, the cherry mm-hmm. on the cake because Vaughn, big ups to him. Vaughn was a hustler. And I don't know Vaughn's financial situation, but Vaughn used to sell all types of stuff out the room. <laughs> he used to sell candy. And I didn't mind that because yeah. that was normal. We had dudes that right. sold candy. 
chips and stuff like that. That's cool. But the one thing that set me off when this dude went to the hot yes, sandwiches. Yes, I remember that, man. They, <laughs> the, <laughs> he started selling sandwiches out of like, uh, 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 like using electric griddle or something <sighs> like that. And I was like, sir, I can't, I can't keep, I can't with these, you know, waking up to this bread being sizzled on this griddle oh, thing. God. And we weren't even supposed to have that in the room, if you remember. But I wasn't going to rat him out. You know, I wasn't going to do that. But that's, man, look, that right there, I couldn't take it. But then when that, the bottle, and let me be clear, Vaughn was not the culprit. Vaughn was, Vaughn was mad cool. His friend mm. was doing it. He didn't tell him to stop doing it because it was his boy. So he was trying to look out, you know, for his new friends. I know who did it. If I saw this dude right now, we would be right. mad cool, right? right? He is. This dude is mad cool. I'm not going to. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, it's irrelevant. But that was enough for me. I was like, I don't know if I can do this because all of his friends were from New York and they were like hardcore New York. But from what a lot of them were, what a lot of their surrounding people, like the upper class and was like, you guys are acting like this mm-hmm. here, but back at home, this is not who you are. So why are y'all doing right. that here? So to me, that had gotten, that had gotten too much. I was like kind of over it at that time. And I was trying not to get sent yeah. back home. And this is me trying to be a standing, outstanding student in school. I'm just trying to change my mind. That's all it was about. Um, yeah. And I did. You know, I'm, you know, I asked off to myself for that. But, you know, for me, I couldn't take it anymore, man. So then I moved temporarily with one of my – look, if I see this – me and this dude will have a talk for years, okay? And if I see him tomorrow, it's like we 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 – we never left a day. I moved in with Troy Jenkins. But see, here's, but but <laughs> oh you know God, what? Troy. I didn't remember. See, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember you moving in with Troy. Yes. I moved in with Troy because Troy's roommate was African, and something happened. So I moved to him with temp- temporarily until I moved okay. in with you because it was something going on. Um, but yeah, I don't remember what happened because but Troy wanted the room to himself, and I get that. But he allowed me to stay there for a minute. But I have to stop. Stop about. I have to talk about the sixth floor mm-hmm. real quick. So the sixth floor was the was the hit squad. <laughs> that was. So let me say it was it Jeff, was Jeff. Tiff, it was a Tiff. Devin, Devin Dame. It was Jason. Dame Jason or Should we called him yeah. Should. Troy, Troy ended up hanging Sam. with us too. Sam mm-hmm. wasn't on the sixth floor, but Sam, Chad and LJ was, was Chad and LJ. Now I don't know if Chad was on the sixth floor. LJ might have been on the sixth floor. I think Chad, but no, look, LJ was on the third floor. Because yeah, because LJ was on the third Chad floor. Chad and okay. LJ was the plug for me. That's how I came in because I was yes. hanging with Chad yes. and LJ and they were like, yo, come, come yes. hang out with us in this crew or whatever. Yes. And I was like, okay. And you know, I'm just, you know, following the people that I was cool with. And I came into this, you know, this little space, man, with all of these dudes, just different blend of people from different places. Cause like, wasn't Devin from like, uh, California. Cali. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Jeff, Jeff yep. Connecticut. Yeah. Um, a tiff. Well, tiff was, was he, he was from New York. Um, I don't remember what part of New York he was from. Tiff was from New York. Um, Dane was mm-hmm. from Jersey. Moshe was from Connecticut because yep. he came with 
But Jet, me and Shay was cool too. <laughs> um, who else? Who else? Uh, of course, Chad and LJ right. was from New York. And LJ Staten was Island. from Staten yep. Island. Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, Jeff, and, uh, I mean, uh, Chad was from the Bronx. He was from the Bronx. Yep. <laughs> so, and then these two kids, these two kids from Detroit, you know, me and you. And yeah. <laughs> Bro, that was like those are some good times, man. Like just that sixth floor was that was that was hilarious. It was, man. And they we we absolutely we were we came together, man, like Voltron, bro. And it was, you know, we just we just was yep. there for each other, no matter what yep. it was. You know, we played, you know, basketball together. I think for a minute we played like intramural football together. We were just we just bonded. And, you know, I think it's important to go to a new area and get your a good group of friends. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. You know, none of us were toxic. None of us were like, you know, none of us had any issues. You know, we all basically were just individuals who were in school. We have made a determination in our lives. That we want to do something for ourselves. And here we are, and we just roll for each other, you know, and that's just the way it was. And it was, it was, it was dope, it was. man. It was and, dope. And then we had, we had our, we had our mentor, Elder mm-hmm. Statesman. So that was TJ, that yep. was Smiley, that was Dwayne Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and Ross. And they looked out for us, man. They really did. They, they it really, did. they kind of helped us sidestep a lot of the pitfalls. They um, did. To keep us they from did. having these little awkward moments, you know, at Morris Brown. They kind of really showed us the ropes. And, um, man, so, and Rodney. And Rodney yep, I Rodney, Rodney too. Rodney. Yep, yeah. Rodney, Rodney Smith. And so let me ask you this, man. At what point did you know you made the right choice? You love Morris. Like, I, yo, I love it here. Like, this is, I know I made the right choice. <sighs> I, I know. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna because t- <laughs> it was rocky mm-hmm. for me because when I went home spring break, I had a little spring okay. fling, and that made it hard for me to want to come back oh. to Atlanta. <laughs> but um, th- it was just a spring fling. I got it. To, you know that it, it was what it was. But at the same time. When we got there, that second semester went went by so fast, and that second semester for me was uh, important because honestly, first semester was really difficult because I was a biology major and I had no idea what I was getting into. So when I switched to mm-hmm. business, that was huge for me as far as just my mental state because I was like, okay, I can do this because I didn't always feel that way my fresh my, my freshman year because I was not pre med and that's pretty much what ended up happening. Like biology was, I wanted to go into physical therapy and it was basically like right. nursing, like right. pre-med. And I wasn't really ready for that. So it is what it is. So there was second year when I went into business, I was like, okay, I can do this. But then at the end of the year, and I don't even know if you remember this, Kevin, cause it just hit me. We had a, Hey, look, end of the year, you know, uh, we had some people that was going to be seniors that next mm-hmm. year. And you had us who were going to be sophomores. So we were celebrating our 
you know, completing our freshman year, because right. you never know when you go to school, it's not guaranteed. Everybody's going to come back. Luckily for us, everybody yeah. did, but that's not the case. So we had this big old, let's go up, let's go downtown. Let's go kick it. So we did. I don't know where we got this money from because we was broke <laughs> as crap. But we went downtown and we ended up at Hard Rock Cafe. This. Yep. We was at Hard Rock Cafe, Cafe and Sa- Sashi and Toki yeah, were shout there. Shout out to the twins. It was a shout out to the twins. That night was so, I almost going to cuss, yeah, it was. amazing. It was amazing. And it was such, it was fun, but it was also this sense of, I don't yeah. know, like family. You felt like you belonged. Camaraderie. I felt like I belonged. Yeah. That night, I was like, I don't want to go back. Yeah. I don't want to go back home because I know what's waiting mm-hmm. there for me. And, and sure enough, when I went back home, some of the bad habits caught up to, cut up to you, cut up to the boy pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> so, but yeah, I knew then. I was like, this is this is where I want to be. Um, but that's when I knew. I was like, I don't want to go home. And I fought tooth and nail, but we'll talk about that. So go ahead. When, did you, when, did, when was that moment for you when you was like, this is where I was supposed so to So for be. me, it was the Saturday of homecoming. And it was more specifically, it was the homecoming parade because I had never participated in anything like that before. And so I remember that Saturday, I got up early and I walked out, I walked out to the parade route by myself. And I remember watching the parade go by and all the people on the campus and, you know, just the electricity that was in the air. It was like nothing that I had ever experienced in my life. And I looked around and I just saw everybody was happy. People was excited to celebrate the school and homecoming. And it was just, you know, to me, like, I just felt it was almost overwhelming. And I was just like, you know what? I love it here. Like, I don't ever want to leave this place. Because, you know, by that time, by homecoming, you know, I had a, we had our core group of friends that we were hanging with, the squad. Um, Me and you had started on our journey of, you know, where we are from there to here. And I had started, you know, kind of, kind of coming into like getting comfortable in my own skin. Um, And homecoming was a big deal because like after homecoming, I had just dethroned Benny at the talent show. Um, (laughs) I was going to get into that. I was going to get into that, but go ahead. And so I was feeling pretty good, you know, about myself. And um, man, I just, that was the moment. It was homecoming. And what that moment you talked about when we were in at Hard Rock Cafe, you know, um, Simone and Chantel were there. Yeah. Oh, yes, they were. Yes. Shout out. Shout out. Yep. Shout out. And that was a that was that whole night was just like I felt like that was like such a dope way to end the school year and be like, you know what? This was fun. We made it. We survived our freshman year of college. And now we kind of excited and looking forward to the next year. And um I remember that night, man. It was so much fun. We had so much fun that night, man. And it wasn't like, you know, we wasn't cutting up. It was clean fun. It was like we were, you know, we wasn't being, 
ratchet or nothing like that. We was just a group of people that was out kicking mm. it at the restaurant, enjoying each other. And um, uh-huh. so, yeah, man, that was my moment, man. Like, our freshman year was just like, you know, we went through our whole thing our first semester, and then towards the end of that semester, we were talking to each other like, you know, you were having your issues with your roommate. I was not feeling my roommate. And so we started talking, and then we went to Ross, you know, just in conversation with him. And we told him, like, man, you know, we want to be roommates. You know, I wish we could be roommates. And Mm -hmm. Ross was like, well, I can probably get y'all on my floor. And Ross Ross was the RA on the 10th floor. Ross could make make it 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 happen. happen. And so we asked him to make it happen, and he did. And... you know, spring semester started, and just like that, we were roommates. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was good, man. I mean, and I like to think that us and you tell me if I'm wrong because we went on to be roommates from that year. I mean, the following two years, we each had our own room, but then there was ozone, which is a whole nother story. Yes. And then there was. Yeah. Ozone, man! I was trying to remember yeah. Ozone earlier today. I'm making a playlist and I'm naming oh, it after God. Ozone, and I cannot remember yep. Ozone. It was Ozone. Yes. Thank you for that. Ozone. Continue. So, you know, it went from Ozone to Briarcliff Road. Uh, yeah, man. And and I, I look like I feel like this in terms of roommates. Like when you live with somebody, you have to. Even Lindbergh, even, even we though was, we weren't we roommates. Were, we were neighbors. Yeah, we were neighbors. Yeah. We were neighbors. Yep. Um I felt like we we were a good balance for each other in terms of roommates. Yeah. Like, so we never clashed. We never like there was never like any any strife or division between us in terms of like, man, I can't live with him, man. I don't like the way he does this, or I don't like the way he does that. We we never had right. that, man. It was just like, hey man. You know, we balance each other out, and it's it works, and we made it work, and it was like, you know, that was that. So, <clears throat> man, you know, Morris Brown did a lot for us, man. It did, it did. So it was, you know, and then you know, I touched on this earlier. I didn't realize I was going into a Christian mm-hmm. environment, and for me, that was something that I needed because that year was also the first time. I met your uncle. Oh, was it? <laughs> uncle Marlon. Wow. Yes, sir. He came, he, your Uncle Marlon came to preach at the church. And I'll never forget the whole entire church. And I was telling somebody, I was actually telling a pastor now about this. The whole church went up in tongues. I had never seen right. that before. So yeah. it was just an experience in Atlanta uh, on a lot mm-hmm. of different levels, meeting different types of black people than what I was used to, which was huge because- and I wanted, like, my friends in Southfield were like, and we were called the Lake Show. They were like mm-hmm. brothers to me, right? Um, but I was very sheltered as far as what I understood about right. our culture. So when I got to Atlanta, I understood there's more to it. And I talked about it. Because you had, you know, I talked about the, the guys from New York. But then we also met, like you talked about, like mm-hmm. LJ and Chad, Simone, um, Tahira, who used yep. to come and visit. Um, Chantel, of course, it was another side of it. And it's like you get to see all these different 
levels and different type of personalities from all over the country. And it was, to me, it was like, wow, this is why they call this place the Mecca. And now I got it at that point. And I understood that for me to experience something on a deeper level, I need to be somewhere like this, right? I need my mind to be opened up than what I was used to because I'll never forget me wearing all that Nautica and not realizing that that doesn't, nobody, look, <laughs> that that doesn't mean something any somewhere else, right? And we're in Rockports. That doesn't mean something. It doesn't mean anything if you're going to, if you're from Tennessee or New York or from Atlanta. That doesn't mean, what does that, what does that mean? But then you get all these people from all over the country with their own styles and their own lingo and all these people. And I just fell yeah. in love with that. And Morris Brown was the perfect melting pot because I think the one thing that was unique, everybody's allowed to be who they are yeah. in Morris Brown. Even though you don that purple, black, and white, you're, you come yeah. as you are. And I absolutely believe that. You know, when you go to Morehouse, and the shout out to the Morehouse men because they – you know, it's, they, they do have a standard, mm-hmm. but you're a Morehouse man. You go to Clark, you know, you're a CAU. You were known for, you know, being a top of the line from fashion and all that type of stuff. And Spellman, the Spellman was the cream of the crop mm-hmm. from all the, the young ladies, all the black young ladies. But Morris Brown, we were exactly. all of that. Yeah. All of that. And I love that about Morris Brown. We were, we instead of being certain type of individual, we were allowed to be all that plus more. You know, you know, we had pockets of everything that made us very unique. And I love that about Morris Brown. That's what that's why I feel like I'm so glad it's back because everybody doesn't fit into what those other schools are doing in the AUC or your Georgia State or your Georgia Tech. You can go to Morris Brown. You can get your education, but you also can become the man and woman you always wanted to be without over-assimilating trying to be something else. Not saying you're doing that, but sometimes that happens when we go to certain places, when we start working, all those different things. And you, so. you got to think, too, like our experience at Morris Brown was uniquely different from the other kids that we were in school with, simply because yeah. we were able to make connections that other students didn't make, and we had access that students didn't have because... You know, um, Carvel took to us, you know, and he he became like a mentor to us. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, different different people in administrative positions on faculty and staff that, you know, they they became like people that we looked up to. You had Mr. McClendon, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Carvel. um he he was the the he was the plug for just about everything we did at Morris Brown and a lot of that was from us hanging around TJ and TJ yep. would bring us along and he would you know come come in and sit with me come y'all come in y'all come in and sit just be around you know and we would just that's all we would do is just hang around and people would you know people in administrative positions would see okay these are some good kids you know they knew our names they started to recognize us and then they would look out for us and it was almost a little bit unfair um and I think we got you know we might have gotten a bad rap 
you know, maybe some people had opinions about us while we were at Morris Brown because, you know, we were able to make those connections and we were, you know, we were we were cool with Dean Mason. You know, we were, you know, we were cool yep. with Dr. Walton. And these were people that would stop yep. us and have conversations with us. And Carvel would ask us to come and participate in certain things and just be in the room for certain stuff. And, you know, that office up there, man, hanging up there with Carvel and um, uh, Spurge and Darian and, you know, man. all of that. Man, shout out, shout out Spurge, Spurge man. man. Just, it was, it was... <laughs> It it worked to our benefit, and I'm telling you, man, like, it was certain stuff that we were able to do just because we were in the room with certain people, and because, you know, we we didn't cut up, we didn't cause trouble, you know, um, and, and, you know, we were model, I ain't gonna say we were model students as far as, like, our grades and stuff, because my grades were not good at all. My grades were not good, man. I don't. Do you remember when I was on academic probation? Yeah, yeah I remember it was that. like my dad threatened me, man. He was like, "If you don't get your grades up, I'm not sending you back to Atlanta." And I was like, "There's no way that I'm right. leaving Atlanta and coming back home. There's no way." So I had to come back and and buckle down, um, and get my grades up. And so, um, man, we had. We had we had we got privileges that a lot of students didn't have, you know what I mean? Because we made the effort to make the right connections, you know, with the right people at school. And that enhanced I feel like that made our college experience like to me, I was like, hey, I tell people my college experience was was so bomb. Like it was just it it just was, man. And then you know, for them encouraging us to get into student government and get involved in all of that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And yes. leadership. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Yeah. Man, we did, you know, we yep. did it all. I don't, it was, the only thing we didn't do was ban the sports. That That's was it. the only thing we didn't do. And then that came with a certain skill set. You just couldn't be in Morris Brown's nope. band now. Nope. I mean, that's, you, had, you had to have, you had to be up there as far as mm-hmm. your skill set to be in Morris Brown's band. Let's be honest. And then the same thing with our sports team. Our sports teams, when we went D1, I mean, we were, we became, I mean, it yeah. became pretty good, right? right? Because of the competition. We raised the level of our competition. So, but everything else that we could put our hands on, yeah. we did it, you know, and we did it well. And we did it with people around us who expected us, who expected better from us. Um, and that's important, you know, to have that type of, it's a family and brotherhood around you at Morris mm-hmm. Brown, right? Or just in really any environment. And I pray, more if I have a prayer for my kids, that's, that's always my prayer for them to be surrounded by individuals who are going to properly cover them and steer them away mm-hmm. from the things that's going to distract them from what's invaluable in life. I mean, look, that's every morning I'm yeah. praying for that. Um, it's because I see the impact it can have on yeah. your life. Yeah, for sure. Now, I'm going to say this, too, because you mentioned, you know, how your your walk with Christ was really starting to 
was really starting to get going when you got to college. You know, for me, <laughs> it was. I'm not gonna say it was the opposite, but you know, I was that kid that grew up in church, was in church all my life, um, and right. when I got to college. Uh, this was the first time for me being away from my mom and dad, being away from my church home. You know, um, I had, I knew some people in the city for the church they went to, but I didn't know anybody at the school. And so it was, it was an adjustment for me from a spiritual perspective. And the one lesson that I learned, which I think was the most valuable lesson that I learned when I got to Morris Brown my freshman year is that for 18 years of growing up in church, that one, that first semester at Morris Brown taught me that I didn't know anything about being saved. And it was, it really was a, it was kind of a a scary moment because, you know, I had been so, I had been kind of sheltered. Um, from a lot of stuff because, you know, growing up, you know, I had, you know, my, my church friends, I had my school friends and we didn't, you know, my school friends who weren't in church, you know, we did like normal stuff that you do with your school friends, you know, nothing too crazy, but my church friends, all we did was church and church related activities, concerts, you know, fellowshipping with other churches, you know, so on and so forth. And so, that was the extent of it. And when I got to Morris Brown and got on my own, man, the stuff that was out there and the stuff that I was exposed to, I just was like, God, you know, I don't have a way to defend against this. You know what I mean? The the, the stuff that my flesh was exposed to, it was really, it was challenging for me. You know, all of the stuff at my disposal yep, was just like, what the heck, man? Like, how do I, how do I contend with this? Like, you know, what have I been doing all of this, all this time? And, you know, that first time that I was encouraged to get into the talent show my freshman year, you know, I hadn't planned on doing it. I didn't want to, but, you know, we sang and Chantel and Simone, they were um, great singers and we used to have a lot of fun on the stairwell just singing and being silly and, you know, playing around. And, you know, they were like, you know, you should get in the talent show. And I was like, talent show? What are you talking about? No, I don't No, I don't. You should do it. You should blah, blah, blah. I sit there. And so finally I decided to do it. And when I got up on that stage and sang, that was the first time I had sung in front of an audience that wasn't church. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't prepared for the response that I got, you know, on, on that stage in Hickman. I was not prepared for that. And I didn't know how to process that coming off the stage and not, not, not just not alone, let alone processing the, the response that I got, but then dealing with the aftermath of winning the talent show and going home and trying to, you know, turn that over in my mind. Like, you know, I, now I got this new, scope of attention that you know I'm I'm getting that I don't know how to I don't know how to process I don't know how to deal with and you know it it was it was it was it was weird man it, it was really it was really weird for me you know processing that 
And um, I mean, I was glad to, I was glad I won the talent show because, you know, Benny, mm-hmm. who had been winning, I didn't know him and he didn't know me. But like, he had this arrogance about him. This is almost like, man, it's like he looked at me like, there's no point in you getting the talent show because I win every year. Like, so I mean, you could get in if you want to, but it's, it's pointless. Like, he was just really arrogant the way he, you know, I mean, and, 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 and to be honest, man, he could really play the saxophone. So I'm not taking away from his talent, but right. it was kind of yes. a, you know what? I, I take that challenge because I'm confident in my talent, you know, like I know what I'm capable of. So let me, let me go ahead and get in it. And like, you know, if I win, Hey, if I don't, then you know what? There you have it. And, uh, a lot of de- a lot of days I think about if I could have those moments over from a musical perspective at Morris Brown, it's a lot of stuff I would have done differently. Um, a lot of things I would have done differently. And, you know, I don't regret, you know, the path that I was on um, from a music perspective um, at all. But there's some things I would have done differently. But, man, it was easy for me to just take a break from church because I was trying to process how to deal with, you know, this newfound freedom, how to deal with, you know, trying to handle the stuff that my flesh was asking for, the attention that I was getting. Uh And being that young, man, I failed over and over again over and over again and I just did not understand what was going on and it was very hard for me and you know it's it's um <clears throat> it's interesting because I just think about how much you know God really kept me I think about that a lot man about how much God kept me in that process because there's so, so much, like, stuff that could have, you know, by me taking that break, I mean, it, it makes me think about that saying that, you know, God takes care of babies and fools. Yeah. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, sometimes I, f- I feel like I was a baby yeah, and exactly. a fool. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A foolish baby. Listen, man. I'm just going to go ahead and say that 10 year period that we lived in Atlanta, I was a fool a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. I mean, like I think about that and be like, God, you really kept me. You really like Jesus. You kept me because I just think about some of the stuff that I was into, some of the associations I had, the girls I was messing around with. And I'm just like, God, you really did. You really, you really looked out for me because, you know, when I finally, like my freshman, my sophomore year, we came back, you know, I had to buckle down on my grades and I felt like, you know what, I got to get back in the word. I got to get, you know, I got to get myself back on track spiritually. And that helped me focus. It helped me bring my grades up. It helped me, you know, my first year being an RA and having the freedom to have my own room and have, you know, you know, a different set of responsibilities and rules and freedoms and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I got my own room. I can have a girl come in my room anytime I want. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not restricted to the same rules as everybody else. Like, oh man, this is about to be, it's about to be on. And 
you know, I had to kind of exercise a lot of maturity um, in uh, in that. And uh, and it was it was, you know, I failed a lot, you know, again, like I said, but I like to think I was able to get a to get a grip on it, um, you know, my sophomore year and kind of really, you know, start maturing as it were. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> I feel the same way. My freshman year was, it was, it was needed. Um, and I, the same thing happened to me, but it was easier for me to not, to stay away from a lot of those things that were accessible in Detroit. It was easier for me to stay away from, from them in Atlanta because nobody was necessarily living as fast as I was living right. in Detroit. Um, but when I went back to Detroit, I picked up on some of those things really easily mm-hmm. that summer. <laughs> really easy. Um, but And it was just because it's like it's familiarity, right? You know, people know you. Um, they know me for the things that I did before. And... Um, but the good thing, even about my friends from Southfield, all of them were like, they all are goal driven, right? They all are doing well for themselves. It was such a blessing to see, look at mm-hmm. all my friends that I really hung with in Southfield. None of them are yeah. dead. None of them yeah. are in jail. They all have families, you know, they're all doing mm-hmm. well. And that was just, again, like having somebody around me. But at the same time, I used to like to, used to you, I used to like to do hood rat stuff, man. I mean, this is what it is in Detroit, you know. I was like doing hood rat stuff, and I had friends. Yeah, I used to like doing hood you rat had stuff a too. Side. And then I had, I, I did. So I mean, I had my friends in Southfield, but then I had my friends in Detroit too. My friends in Detroit they live a little harder than my friends in Southfield, um, but they all were. We all were cool. But at the same time, though, we just we hung out different. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit is Detroit, man. Detroit makes you ready for life, <laughs> straight up. It I does, that, man. Yeah. It makes you ready for life, man. Because you know, I, it's so funny. I be talking <laughs> with Danielle, and Danielle just just does not see it. I think the first time she may have really captured it is when she went home mm-hmm. with me, maybe early on in our marriage. But I used to say, you know, being in a club in Detroit and it being shot up was Saturday. That was Saturday. Like I remember going out with my cousin. um, I think it was on Christmas day. We went out to a spot on seven mile. I had never been to this spot before and it got shot up. And I remember literally watching the bullets, the bullet roll in front of my face. So this is like, this is, but I wasn't scared because every time I go to the club, somebody going to fight or shoot. It was just what it was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and if you didn't, if you made it through the whole night, that was a good night, like yeah. Ice Cube. <laughs> that, yeah. that was a good day. <laughs> so then, you know, so that that was just the way we, that was just the environment we lived in. And we didn't live, don't get me wrong, you had a lot of people who lived much harder than oh, us yeah. as far as like, you know, I don't, I don't even want to make it seem like I was at a dope boy level. I was nowhere Ooh, near that. Yeah. Please believe it. Nowhere near that. So you have people like that who are at a dope boy level who were, you know, buy out the club and they, te- they brand new 20 teenagers. Yeah, that happened. But 
you know, everything was so accessible in Detroit. It didn't matter what, if it was smoking, if it was drinking, or if it was women, it was just accessible. So going to Atlanta, I was known for who I was trying to become rather than who I was. So that's also what made it very hard for me to go home because I was trying to yeah. come out of that and I was trying to live differently because I knew one of them had a very, I knew for me personally, I wouldn't be able to make it that far with that type of a mindset, you know, just living f- just off of my desires mm-hmm. all the time. Right. It wasn't, gonna, it was no way I was going to be able to live like that for a long period of time. So I knew I had an escape yeah. in Atlanta and that's one yeah. thing I really just embraced. So my freshman year, when it was time for me to come home, I fought tooth and nail to stay yep. in Atlanta. Tooth and nail. And my mother made me go home. Like I, I literally, she made me go home. And it was the longest summer ever. <laughs> that summer was long. <laughs> it was. It was a long summer. And I had a good time, but I was ready to go back because I instantly went back to some of the things that I remember. And I don't know if you remember this. Because <laughs> I used to smoke black I and mild. This. I know what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> I used to smoke black and mild. And I remember I came, I, w- I had stopped smoking black and miles when I went freshman year. But when I came back my sophomore year, I had picked it back up. I was smoking everything again. So <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, hey, man, I was in Rome. I was doing as the mm-hmm. Romans do. So I brought a black and mile back with me. I had a pack with me and I was... <laughs> This is when you brought the tracer back. This is when I brought the tracer back. Shout out to D'Amico because D'Amico rode down with me to Atlanta. It was my first time driving that long, and he rode down to Atlanta with me. Shout out to him, and his people picked him up from Alabama. Um, but I had I was smoking the black and mild, and Ross saw me, and Ross was like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking like. Huh? I'm lost because I'm in in my mind. I am doing what Tremaine does, right? And Ross had a way of make you feel small just by saying, like, asking the question like that. The way he would ask it, (laughs) he's like, "What is this?" (laughs) His finger. What is this? And and for the life of me, I can't remember if he took the black and mild, but I feel like he slapped the one out of my mouth. really feel like you did. And, I, and that was a running joke. But let me tell you what, I didn't pick up another black and mild ever. <laughs> but it was just... It no, was but just... wait a minute. Do you remember... I remember when we got on... When I got on campus, because I had to be there early because I was starting RA um, training. Yes, right, right, right. And I remember your car was parked over there by... The tracer was parked over there by the gym, in between the gym and the dummy wall. Yep. And I yep. remember walking up, and you were in the car, and you were smoking. And that was that was the uh, first time. I, I think that was the first time I had seen you since we got back from, from, from summer break. And I walked over, and, like, you saw me coming, and I remember seeing, like, you had this look on your face because the blunt was, the, was in your hand, the black and mild was in your hand, and you looked at it. And you looked at me and you had this look on your face like, oh, God. 
<laughs> you ever seen this side of me before? <laughs> and I just remember looking at you and was like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. This, this is... This is what we're doing now. Um, and you, you know, you had this, and I, and I knew, like, your face had it all. What's up, everybody out there in Skeptic City? You just heard Tremaine and I talking about the beginning of our journey at Morris Brown College, and we shared some things with you that came from a real place, but that is not where the story ends. So stay tuned as we move into a part two that you do not want to miss as we tell you some other things that we went through and some experiences and some of the fun times we had at dear old Morris Brown. So stay tuned and stay skeptic.